Hello, I'm Pastor Isaac Hammond from Neely United Methodist Church at 1755 Thomas Dumplin, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70802. And we're so happy to be in your presence today with the Word of God. And we don't take this lightly, but we thank God for His presence today. That we can say something to help you throughout your life journey, even into eternity. As we recover from the pandemic, children go back to school, life heads toward the holiday season. There's a word in 1 Chronicles, the fourth chapter. And in the fourth chapter of the Chronicle, the first part, there's a genealogy being stated the descendants of Judah. And most times when you read the Bible, you skip over the scriptures where it talks about the genealogy. Uh, and this was the son of this person and he had these sons and they had these sons. We skip over the genealogy part of the scripture. But tucked in First Chronicle chapter 4 in the genealogy of Judah, there's two verses that talk about Jabez. Jabez was an honorable man who found himself in a situation where somebody else's problem caused him a whole lot of pain. And as we go through life, we find ourselves in that same situation. Somebody else's problem, somebody else's setback has caused us a whole lot of pain in our life. Maybe a family member, friend, loved one. We deal with a whole lot of issues that we have no control over because somebody else has placed the blame on us. Somebody else has caused us problems in our own life. And in First Chronicles 4th chapter, it tells us, starting with verse 9, after the genealogy part, God puts a nugget, a spiritual nugget, in that scripture to let us know what to do when somebody else's problem is causing us a whole lot of pain. It starts off by saying in that ninth verse, and Jabez was much more honorable than his brethren. So this is the man by the name of Jabez. Um, Jabez uh, was an honorable man, a man um, that received honor as well as gave honor. In this word, the translation itself, according to the uh, Hebraic translation, he was honored and was honored. When God sees that you're trying to be honorable in your relationship to him, he honors you. Uh, we, we need to remember that everything that we do, we need to give honor to God. When somebody comes into your life or into the room where you're located and they're a dignitary or the judge comes in, we stand to our feet and we say, uh, we show respect and honor to that person. And we tell them it's an honor to meet you. Well, what about Jesus Christ? When you come to the church and 
You you in a praise and worship. A whole lot of people sit there on the pew and won't say nothing, won't get up in the presence of God, won't tell him that uh, we honor him, or won't show any praise or worship. How do you show honor? By reading your word, by praying and fasting and worshiping God in spirit and in truth. But we'll sit right there in the sanctuary and not move like we in the presence of our neighbor or friend. We, we don't show God any respect in our honoring of him. But we want him to honor us. But when we get into God's house, we should be ready to stand to our feet and worship God and praise him. We shouldn't have to have a coach to lead us. And to tell us to get on our feet, we should be ready to worship God and honor him in spirit and in truth with all of your substance. So Jabez was a man who honored and had more honor than his brothers. So that meant he honored God and trusted him. And in that verse number nine, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bagged him with sorrow. So his own mother at birth was going through something in her life. She had a problem. She had a situation that was um, overwhelming for her, and uh, she decided to take it out on her son by naming him sorrow. That's what Jabez means in the Hebrew language. So she had the problem, but she calls her son to have the pain. And when you look at the world today, there's so many people that's trying to spread the problem and spread the blame and the pain on everybody else. Instead of dealing with it yourself, you want to blame your children. Children blame their parents when they were born in this situation. Um, this neighborhood blaming this circumstance on their outcome in life. We hold people back and we we lie on people and we do things that's not Christian-like at all, all because we're trying to put blame on somebody else, make somebody else suffer, for you can have an escape route and not face the penalty for what you've done. She had something going on in her life where she said, I have borne him in sorrow. She was sad about something. Her problem became his pain. Someone else is the loser, but they label you as the problem. People label you in order to feel that good about themselves. Uh, that's what happens in our life. The... The devil is so busy trying to label us, and we get labels on our life. People tell us at an early age that we're not going to be this, not going to be that. We'll never have this in our life. Um, grandparents, children, speaking to their children's lives, negative stuff, and uh, parents speak negativity into their children's lives to neighbors, and uh, because somebody may not look like you, you speak negative into somebody else child, instead of praising and lifting up the neighborhood, we tear down with this old mouth of ours. And we put labels on everybody. Drunken, 
drug addict. Someone who's dealing with a whole lot of sexual sin. Someone who talks about somebody. Somebody who uh, may have some issues in their family that may be different than yours. And we label people every day of our life. And that's what this mother did. She labeled her son as sorrow because she was the one going through the sorrow when she gave birth to him. And all through his life, he lived with that label on his life of being sorrow. Not only do people put labels on it, but they put lids on you too. Um, lids are to keep things in and to keep other good things out. And some people have that in their lives where people have put lids on them and don't want them to grow, don't want them to expand, don't, don't, don't want them to be the best of their ability and be all God has called them. And so they put these restraints on them. Uh, churches do the same thing. Jobs do the same thing. Because you're not the one they like. They try to label you and put a lid on you when your talent just overflows. Not only do they label and put a lid on you, but people will put limitations on you also. Because his name was Sorrow, many, many times probably in his life, people said, oh, J-Pass can't do this. J-Pass is sorrowful. His own mother named him that. But they didn't know that God was looking at the heart and God recognized him as being more honorable than all of his brethren. And so Jabez realized that I can go back to God. There's no label that somebody can put on you that can keep you down, no lid that can keep you contained, and no limitation that can block you from being what God wants you to be. That's why in verse number 10, of the very next verse, it says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, and he said four parts to his prayer that can help you today. The first thing he said, Bless me indeed. Would thou bless me indeed? Uh, I know I'm sorrowful, and I know I, uh, my parents have done this to me, but God, will you bless me indeed? When we get up in the morning, we got to ask God, God, bless me. What you have for me is for me. Don't let my blessings be blocked by Satan and the evilness of this world and people in my life. Bless me indeed, Lord God. Let the blessings overflow that I can be a blessing to somebody else. The second thing he said, enlarge my territory. Oh, and the territory that Jabez was talking about was the territory in the kingdom of God. When we can wake up in the morning, we ought to ask God, Lord, use me to draw somebody to the kingdom of God. Lord, use me to be a blessing in somebody's life. You, you, Lord, use me to bring somebody to Jesus Christ. God will increase your territory. Sky's the limit. And your soul prosper. Everything else will fall in line. If you begin to do the work that God has put you here on earth to do, increase my territory. The third thing he said, don't take thy hand away from me. In other words, he was saying, everything I do, God, let your hand of prosperity be with me. 
when I go into the city, when I go into the field, be right there by me. When I sign my name on this contract, use your hand to sign along with me. Support me in everything that I do. I support you, Lord God, with my life. The fourth thing, he says, and thou do what is keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. That's the same thing Jesus said when he said, Lord, deliver us from evil in the Lord's prayer. You ought to say that every day. Lord, give me an escape route that I won't fall into evil temptation, that it won't grieve me on the inside. There's nothing worse than having a grieving conscience when you let God down. It hits you every day of your life. But you ought to ask God, God, remove me out of every evil temptation and every evil thing that I might fall into because the devil is busy. God will do it. And the last part of verse number 10, it says, And God granted him that which he requested. He was born with a name of sorrow, born bringing sorrow to his parents, but yet he was honorable in God's eyes because he honored God and God honored him. And he asked him those four, in prayer, he asked God to do four things. Bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, let thy hand be with me, and keep me from evil so I don't have to be grieving. And God did it. He would do the same thing for you. Sky's the limit for what God wants to do in your life. I'm going to say a prayer right now. There may be somebody who may not know Jesus. And you're trapped. You've been born in a situation. And you feel like your parents let you down. You let yourself down. And God has let you down. But I'm here today to say you can come back in prayer. And God will change it for you right now. If you believe, say this prayer along with me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross of Calvary for my sins. Wash me and cleanse me, creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. I believe he gave the Lord's Supper. The next day he went to the cross and died for my sin. But early that Sunday morning, got up with all power in his hand. And now he sits at the right hand of God, interceding on my behalf. I believe. Let me be poured of the holy family of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 To God be the glory. Be blessed. Come back to the Lord. And keep a smile on your face. For that smile may be blessing somebody along the way. Be blessed, people of God. We love you.